Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from gorgeous springtime Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist, the <laughs> podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. Coming up on today's episode, uh, we uh, we have an interview with Dave Moscato yeah, of American a, Atheists. Yeah, he's their, uh, he's their big honcho in charge of the, uh, the PER. Public, yeah, public relations. Right, PER. Yeah. Yeah. PR. Anyway. Oh, so nice of him to come on the show, and that's coming up later. Yeah, something to look forward to. Of course, in the meantime, oh, there's, there's that announcement. Uh, not an announcement. There's an announcement? Well, there's, there's, uh, we have a winner on the Facebook page. Oh, for, right. Um, because, we, you know, every month we have this little t-shirt contest, right? Uh, well, it's not really a contest. And it's not really every month. It started last month, but what we've... Well, we've, right, but we're, do, we're but now it's... doing it once a month. And uh, what happened was the first month... Okay, so the way the whole thing works is if you share one of our posts... Right on, on, on your, your Facebook on feed, your Facebook feed, then you get entered into a drawing for a T-shirt. Right. right, and each time you share, you get entered. Right. Well, last month it went swimmingly. Somebody won. We sent them the T-shirt because they got right back in touch with us after we sent them a message. And now they gleefully wear it everywhere they exactly. go. Exactly. And this go around, the winner has not gotten back in touch with us. Oopsie. So apparently she doesn't want her t-shirt. And I'm just double checking, but I'm pretty sure the name was Carol. I thought it was Carla. Oh, Carla. It was Carla. Yep. Uh, either Carla or Carol. Y- anyways, you were supposed to have received a message and you haven't responded back. So if you're listening to us, yeah, you have a t-shirt on your Yeah, way. it's Carla. So Carla, if, yeah. you, if you're hearing this and you haven't checked your, your Facebook for a minute, get mm-hmm. on there and, and get your free shirt. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there you go. It's incentive. The idea here, kids, is that uh, you share stuff on your Facebook feed, and then all your friends know about us, right? And then you, you know, you have a chance to win. What I would, I, I proudly declare to be a very handsome T-shirt, mm. a very well designed, good looking T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I wore mine around uh, the other day. And because it was such a nice spring day, I was driving home, and I was driving past Temple Square here oh, in lovely yeah, Salt Lake City. Yeah, beautiful. And uh, I decided to go for a walk, and then I realized, like, halfway through my walk that I was wearing my Thank God I'm Atheist t-shirt on Temple Square. <gasps> on the square itself? Yeah. Or on the Main Street Plaza? Both. Both? Yeah. Wow. And I got These... a lot of, uh, I got a lot of looks, and then looks away. <laughs> And we're going to discuss why I got that a little later, because one of my stories will explain a lot about why Mormons, when they see someone wearing a Thank God I'm Atheist t-shirt, either look and get this sort of smile on their face, this weird smile on their face, or they just look away. (laughs) But then later in the day, I got what usually actually ends up happening, at least once when I wear my my Thank God I'm Atheist t-shirt, which is somebody came up to me and was like, Whoa, that's a podcast? Is it funny? Oh, I got to check that out. Oh, hey. And I was like, yeah, dude. It's yeah, the f- it's, it's my it's- podcast. No, I didn't say that. I just oh. said, yeah, it's a really funny podcast. <laughs> <laughs> ah, all right. You avoided the, the douche moment of, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I got this, I got this podcast. And, you know, it's, yeah. Anyway. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. You should listen. You should totally check it out. It's my podcast. I totally just do it uh, every week. <laughs> So you guys should you should probably check it out. 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you want a free one, you can you can start sharing and hope for the best. Yeah. Or if you want to buy one, you can just go onto our on onto the uh, the Thank God I'm Atheist page. Yeah. And just just get one. Yeah. There's a store there. You can you choose can buy it. your size. Well, yeah. And everything. And if you win, you get to choose your size too. We're not just going to send you a ladies small if you're a if you're a burly, men's double XL. A burly. Well, don't say men's double XL because we don't have any. Of those. Oh shit. Men's We're, XL. Yeah, yeah, we'll get some of those. All of you, more robust gentlemen, will eventually get to wear a t-shirt. Anyway, uh, should we uh, should we begin our our stories? Sure, why not? What do you What do you got for well, us? Well, I have the story of a man who uh, was a Colorado man mm. uh, who was uh, submerged. Well, he was rescued from his submerged car mm. um, by, oh, good. by first responders uh, back, uh, I guess, uh, Colorado was having some, some terrible floods oh, right? yeah. earlier this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just awful. Like, terrible weather yeah. everywhere in the world except here, apparently. Oh, yeah. We got we escaped. We dodged the bullet. We got, like, super nice. It was the most lovely. It was just a mild, After, lovely winter. Yeah. Huh. Crazy. Climate change. <laughs> so it's not normally like that, people. That's right. But, um... Anyways, uh, so he was uh, rescued, and uh, and of course he did sort of that typical thing that uh, so many religious folk do. They thanked God, right? Right. Sure. And he's claiming that um, you know that that he was and he's saying things like he was I was saved by grace and blah 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 by God's grace I was saved. Yeah. Totally ignoring the fact that. There were first responders. Well, right. and that's a that's probably a, a level of insult that most first responders have come to, you know, accept yeah. and deal with. Sure. I think it would be a kind of a slap in the face uh, if I were a first responder, but nonetheless, sure. uh, whatever the guy wants to believe. But what if you were a first responder who was a believer? You would. You might also believe. Wow, we got here just in the nick of time, right. or God, something like that. God guided our our yeah. efforts and yeah. whatever. Well, he's taking this whole little uh, thing a step further. Oh, good. And he is uh, his his uh, his lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> which you can see where this is going. Is 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 actually said that he <laughs> is quoted as saying that Ortiz, that's the the guy who's uh, Roy Ortiz, uh-huh. um, survived quote by pure grace, and they are suing the first responders for taking too long. <laughs> to get there <laughs> he survived god helped him survived god. and now we need to sue um yeah those first responders the uh the the first responders in <laughs> to the sum of five hundred and forty thousand dollars uh in uh in actual damages wow what is what they're claiming here wow yeah that is a level of of ungratitude ingratitude unbelievable that is that's bordering on the psychotic that's mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm. i love it way to go way, way to, to go. go religious douchebag you know what you here's okay this is my thinking and and correct me if i'm wrong here but what you want if people have saved your life mm. the main thing you want to do is make them think twice about doing it again mm. the yeah. main thing you want to do yeah. is give them a reason not to want to save your life again. Right. I think that's really, that's your goal. Yeah. If somebody yeah. comes and saves the, your life. There will be no uh, rescue 911 
hosted by William Shatner, reunion <laughs> with the first responders on this one. Oh they will not gosh. be meeting in a park, having a picnic. No, no. Talking about how glad they are that they saved his life. Gratefully hugging each other. <laughs> did you know that? Did you know that I was cast in a Rescue Nine One One episode? What? I was cast in. I was going to be one of the recreators. I was cast. I was ready to go, and then they did. They film it here. Uh huh. Well, they filmed this one here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. And then it didn't. It didn't and happen. And they canceled it. No, they. I. Uh, I. They asked me in the audition if I knew how to drive a stick shift, and I said yes, and I did. And then what they didn't ask me in the audition was, do I have a driver's license? Which at the time I did not. <laughs> how old were you? I was Fifteen. Oh no! And so they were like, "Wait, why didn't you tell us that you didn't have a driver's license?" I said, "You didn't ask. You only asked if I could drive a stick shift." And they got really mad at me. <laughs> I thought it was like a closed course. And that I, was the last time Daniel Beecher was cast <laughs> in anything for television. It, it may have been, actually. <laughs> the word got out. <laughs> they keep a database on such things. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Anyway. Well, that's well, good. That, you know, if, if I get into an accident, the first thing I'm going to do is shit on the people that, that saved me. Mm -hmm. That's That's nice. <clears throat> Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like real news now. Oh, okay. Uh, this is this is Israeli news. Um, mm. Now in Israel, I don't know if you know this, but every young person or most young people are required to do a stint of military service. I did know there that. There is a manual yeah. draft or a, a mandatory draft of all uh, able-bodied young folk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, except or. The ultra orthodox Jews, right? Who had a whole I, yeah. religious exemption, exemption thingy yeah. thing for yeah. them? Okay, not no mo. You're kidding me. They have just voted the Knesset, which is the uh, the the Israeli parliament. Uh, Israeli parliament has just voted to uh, conscript the ultra orthodox. Hmm. So they hmm. are. So now, and this hmm. is. The, I mean, this is a center right government, right? But they have uh, they have pushed for the uh, for the legislation to to go through. Um, the change begins uh, began already, I guess. What? Um, uh, and it uh, Yaakov Perry uh, from the Yesh Atid party uh, said the change begins tomorrow morning, and it is expected to transform the face of Israeli society unrecognizably. Wow! I wonder what the effect, long term effect, would be. Yeah. Who knows? Getting I mean, young because it's young men and young women, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't that how the Israeli army works? I believe so. It's um, co-ed, and the ultra orthodox. So they're, they're they're a little bit up in arms. Of course, there were uh, fifty two of the hundred and twenty member Knesset uh, abstained. They were they boycotted the vote to protest. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, the the pa the vote passed sixty seven to one with the, all of those fifty two in absentia. And uh, and so yeah, I mean the ultra orthodox make up what three percent of their society or something like that. So it's not it wasn't this huge number, but it's really funny because uh, because when the uh, the representatives of the ultra orthodox community were talking about it, they were insisting they basically said our young men already serve the nation uh, through <laughs> prayer and study <laughs> by being ultra Jewish through prayer and study. Wow, they read. A lot. So that's how they study and how so, they serve. Yeah, but I I mean... It preserves I, I'm, the I'm Jewish learning and heritage, I'm making see. an assumption here. Okay. 
that the ultra orthodox community is probably fairly insular. Yeah, and so I assume that get, too. Be, and I, who knows? We might be wrong on that. But like, um, but getting those young men out of their situation, right, mm. out of their daily lives, and mixing and mingling with the other ninety-seven percent of the population, right. For how long is the stint? Like one or two years? It's like a couple of years, yeah. So they're off out in the world, having while still young, having probably a transformative experience, and then going back to their communities. I it, wonder what the long-term it, effect of that It's a forced, uh, what's the Amish thing? I want to say schadenfreude, but that's not it. Hickenlooper. <laughs> what is it called? <laughs> when they... <laughs> There's a it's amount of Rumspringa. Rumspringa. Yeah, it is Rumspringa. They, they're Who forcing knows? it on. Maybe, the, I, maybe it could be rum, like Rumspringa because mm-hmm. they actually have the highest retention rate right. of any denomination in this country. As far as if I remember that fact right. Yeah. The, so the Amish, it's like a 97 or 98% retention rate. Yeah. So there you go. They, I mean, this could be good. Could be. It could be that the ultra-Orthodox uh, starts fading away. Who knows how to predict One this? One way or the other. One way or the other, no, but yes, now no other. longer will the ultra orthodox uh, young men be serving their community by reading. <laughs> that is that is pretty choice. It's pretty good. Anyway, <laughs> what are you, what do you got? Uh, let's see. I'm trying to decide if I want to get to. Let's go to the cosmos. Mm. Cosmos. That was a a show that probably a lot of our listeners. I'm guessing. Watched I'm guessing a whole heck of last a lot week of, of y'all listeners out there watched. Yeah. The Neil deGrasse Tyson fella. Yeah, yeah. He's really? a handsome fella. He is. He's got a he's got a good voice. Oh too. yes. Oh yes. He's got a presenter's voice. Yeah. Um, and he loves it too. You can tell him just reveling around in that <laughs> presenter's voice. <laughs> I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> that didn't sound anything like him. That did but... not sound a thing. The timbre of your voice, the timbre of your voice was is not there. No. It's not uh Tyson esque. No, I'm not. I am in no DeGrasse way. Degrass Tyson esque. I am no way Degrass Tyson esque. <laughs> I can grow a mustache though. Yeah, you can do that well. I can grow a good mustache. Yeah. So in that sense. In that sense, maybe. And only in that sense. I think that's probably where you and Neil de- the the <laughs> Venn diagram that describes your the your sing- connection. The single crossover common- point <laughs> of me and Neil deGrasse Tyson is His ability mustache. to grow a mustache. <laughs> you can throw atheist in there. Oh yeah, I'm sure there is atheist, yeah, right? Yeah, there's that. It's oh. a love of science. We both yeah. have a mine is mine probably is not equal to his. No, I think his holds a a, a firmer or a, a, a much larger space uh, in his life. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. uh, but nonetheless, um, the the cosmos reboot, mm-hmm. as it were, the, originally on PBS and now on Fox, right? Network just blowing my mind. Yeah, because you can see it on PBS. But you can but you, you can see Fox. it like ten other places. It's on like seven channels, huh? It's on like Fox, and then there's like um, like no, FX no, no, no. HD. I, or I, I meant see like and imagine it being. Like, oh, I could imagine it being. And and when 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 it was hosted by Carl Sagan back in the what early eighties, late yeah, seventies, so early eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Exactly. Um, it was that era. Yeah. Um. They uh, yeah, made total sense on PBS, but now it's on Fox and. Uh, just crazy town, but anyways, um, so we're having like a a a, a, a prime time show on science and the history of science and the future of like 
human life and right. blah 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 like it's just a totally cool program yeah and so i wasn't able to watch it on sunday night but i quickly dialed up you know fox.com or whatever sure and uh and watched it on their website and uh and boy howdy what a nice show you had a good time i had a good time i still have it's on my dvr mm. i still haven't watched it yet mm. i gotta get to it yeah you need to yeah i'll watch it this weekend why not dan i've been very busy it doesn't matter. It's an hour, less than an hour of your life. <laughs> anyway. You can find time yeah, but I wanna... for the most important thing <laughs> in the world to have happened to lovers of science <laughs> in a very long time. I'm ga- I want to, this is the point though. I want to hunker down. I want to like yeah. get my popcorn. I want to get my drink and I want to yeah. just hunker down and watch. See, it. I have my Monday morning mm. where I, I get to watch my shows. You watch your programs. I have Mondays off. Mondays are a day off for me. You watch your stories. And so I watch my stories on Monday morning. <laughs> Usually by about one or two in the afternoon, I'm fully caught up on girls. <laughs> <laughs> now right. Cosmos, uh, The Walking Dead. Uh-huh. Oh, uh huh. I didn't know you were a Walking Dead. I... I fucking hate this season, but I'm watching it because I bought the season <laughs> pass on iTunes, and I'm gonna fucking watch the whole thing. But I hate it. <laughs> Anyways, back to Cosmos. (laughs) Boy, my blood's boiling right now. It is. So. So tell us something about Cosmos. Well, the thing that I want to tell you about it, because there's a lot that's being told about it. There's a lot going on. There's some criticisms of, you know, the, um, what's the guy's name? Bruno, Giordano Bruno, Mm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The Italian monk who uh, uh, has, he's featured in like this 11 minute long segment in 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 the first episode yeah, i read about s- that so there's a little bit of criticism that maybe they didn't pick the right guy because he's but anyways it's a nice story and there's some good quotable moments from the guy right and so i see why they included it but at the same time i kind of i felt that it was kind of weak because he wasn't really like a, a, a historically scientist. well he wasn't apparently he claimed to be a scientist but he nobody thinks he was a good scientist <laughs> well there you go but nonetheless so like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson actually has to, um, in the in in sort of his presentation in his narration, he says that he that that for 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 Bruno it was really kind of a guess, and he was right, mm. but he was willing to die for what he believed in, right. But still, a lot that of people t- have died for like things that they believed in that were totally wrong. Yeah, that and to me sounds guess, like it sounds that sounds pretty religious to me. Yeah, if you're, I, ju- if you're just if you're dying for a belief that you have no evidence yeah. of, that I, I don't, know, and I don't, I don't want us to get that. mired down in that moment because that's not okay. what, what I wanted to bring up. Okay, apparently the Oklahoma City Fox affiliate, yeah, um, for 15 seconds ran a promo for their news broadcast over the evolution segment and i want to play what that sounded like (laughs) and then i want to play the part that they 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 covered up okay yeah Yeah, this is crazy last night of the cosmic year it's 9 45 on new year's eve coming up tonight at nine the new evidence showing our biggest earthquake could have been man-made Plus, he hasn't even reached his teens, and he's already found a successful career. How this Oklahoma hunter is breaking records and landed his own TV show. That's tonight on the Primetime News at 9. For the longest part of human existence, say the last... 
Now let's listen to to what got the covered whole up. thing, and you'll hear the you'll hear the part that was was covered. Okay. Last night of the cosmic year. It's nine forty-five on New Year's Eve. Three and a half million years ago, our ancestors, yours and mine, left these traces. We stood up and parted ways from them. Once we were standing on two feet, our eyes were no longer fixated on the ground. Now, we were free to look up and wonder. For the longest part of human existence, say the last 40,000... There was no accident involved well, in this the station moment. is claiming operator error. They tweeted uh, this tweet um, from, their, from their official at OKCFox Twitter account. Uh-huh. Uh, Sunday during Cosmos... A local news promo was aired over a portion of Cosmos content. <laughs> this was an operator error, and we regret the error, and then that's it. <laughs> and what I... I'm sorry. Like, I just... I, that was so perfectly timed. Yeah. Right over the one moment where he, taught, where he mentions human evolution. Hum, we had ancestors that weren't us, and now we're us, and we yeah. can look up that's yeah. that to me like that sounds like a general manager who didn't want to pull the program right who, who or, or somebody a programs direct programming director who couldn't get it you know pulled and who did a wink wink at, yeah. at, at the operator who he knew was going to be on that night and uh and uh and did it yeah they in my the, mind in I, my mind that's what it is I, it to me it could be something as simple as just you know like one of the guys in the control room knew that that was coming, had the had the thing queued up, and he himself sort of hit it, and everybody else was just, just kind of looked the other way or something. It feels so... Well, most likely he would be... I mean, of course, I don't really know commercial television very well. I know the, the public broadcasting side of things. <laughs> but um, at a PBS affiliate, he'd probably be the only person in the room. Well... Yeah. You know what I mean? To be because you don't need a ton of people in the age of computers running a TV right. station. You need one person sitting there, and all these things typically, if it is computerized, you really fucked up because you really pushed the wrong button. Right? Because and everything's just set to do what it does when it does. If, yeah. If how, often, any, how often? How often does something any, like this happen? You we never have, see it anymore. Yeah. If we have any affiliate like master control operators out there, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Right on this but it my was clearly it, purposeful it seems so purposeful per, per, um, there's no way it could be so an accident it there's no way like, yeah. there's no way yeah all right well that i love it <laughs> <laughs> so the, yeah these guys uh it, it that's precious that's genuinely oh. precious oh they're they're cute over there in your in your former state i just know how like having like I went to high school in Oklahoma and I and during a period of time when they were trying to like do away with like prayers being said at like football games right. and that kind of stuff. And and when I mean they, I mean like the federal government was, you know, was trying to crack down on this right. kind of stuff. And uh and I remember the school like I remember one of the teachers sort of taking it upon himself to do a wink wink nod nod with a group of students mm-hmm. and he was like well if somebody just decides to stand up and pray and it's a student nobody can do anything right wink wink 
And yeah. it was like, so I, I know that that kind of, that kind of shit happens. Yeah. This is, this is, that, that's how you do it. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go from that kind of bullshit, passive aggressive nonsense mm. to a different, to, to other bullshit, passive aggressive nonsense. Okay. Uh, a man named Michael J. Stevens, um, he's been, uh, teaching in higher ed in he's been teaching higher ed uh, courses in organizational behavior for 20 years oh yeah okay or uh ob as i like to call it anyway um he anyway uh as a way of introducing the topic he often gives a self-assessment to his students uh which he calls the behavior description questionnaire Mm -hmm. um and he has his students fill this questionnaire out at the beginning of the class, and, and he, he's out of the Midwest. And it basically it talks about um, whether how uh, – so basically he, he takes uh, a bunch of questions that lead you to understand whether you have low concern for others or high concern for others oh, okay. and low concern for self or high concern for self. Interesting. And, okay. uh, and where that puts you, uh, he, he divides this, the results up into, uh, into five different categories. If you mm. have low concern for others and low concern for yourself, then the way that you generally handle conflict is through avoidance. You just try to avoid all conflict. Okay. If you have high concern for others and low concern for self, then it's ha- then then you go to accommodation. You just accommodate what they want, okay, rather than and and you subvert your own desires. Right. High concern for others, low concern for self, uh, puts you in into uh, uh. Oh wait, no, sorry. High concern for self and low concern for others, uh huh, puts you into competition mode. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I see that. And then high concern for Others and for self puts you into collaboration mode. Oh. But there's a middle. When you have sort of middle concern for others and middle concern for self, then then you're a compromiser. You're someone who goes into compromise. Okay. Right. Okay. So those are the basic uh, categories uh, that, that he comes up with. Okay. So he he's done this in the uh, in the Midwest for a long time. He's got some good data from it as he, mm. you know, as he compiles the data. And then he came to Weber State University in Ogden, Utah. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Weber State University, uh, Ogden is, it, it, you know, it's it, it's a very Mormon place. Uh, it's is it? Less Mormon than, say, your Provo or yeah. whatever, but... I never think of that that area up there. I think of, like, the areas just north of Salt Lake as being very Mormon. But I, isn't Ogden kind of a little pocket? Uh, it's a little pocket, but I mean, it's still largely Mormon. It's okay. largely LDS, okay. and right. the and the attendees of of Weber State are largely LDS. Well, and they're in state typically, and from in state, right? Okay. So he uh, he he gave this. He gave, did a, some guest lecturing at Weber State okay. and uh, gave this thing and found surprising results. A surprising anomaly in the results. Really, uh, generally speaking. Um, he found that uh, usually, um, in you know, people there were f- m- far fewer people were in the avoid or accommodate uh, section of avoid accommodate. Right. Okay, and right. more generally speaking, your high scores are in the compromise, collaborate, and some, and uh, and generally, uh, you know, and a little ways below that, compete. Okay, so so avoid accommodate 
is low concern for self and low concern. Wait, what? avoidance and accommodation are low concern for other for or low concern for self. Uh huh. Avoidance is low concern for for others. Accommodation is high concern for others. So, so low concern for self, high concern for others. Right. But both of them are low concern for self. But low concern for self. Right. Okay. Anyway, so those are the those are the generally uh, lower scores. Okay. When he came to Weber State. Avoidance shot up. Oh, okay. Shot up. Okay. Uh, so then he got very curious, and he started like parsing it out. So he's changed the uh, he changed the the questionnaire to include questions about state of origin and religion. Mm. And it turns out that Utah raised LDS people mm. are the most passive aggressive humans on the planet. <laughs> They are the most they their avoidance scores are off the fucking chart. We're talking so, okay, we're wait, talking wait, wait, wait. on a scale of uh of uh 0 to 12 is the, is right. the is the possible score range. In the national comparison, the highest score you get is 7.9 for compromise. 7.9 is the highest you get, and, okay. and, and it's compromised. Okay. Avoidance is a 4.0. 4.0 um, is, is very low. So people tend not to avoid No, conflict. people tend to have some sort of confrontation. You were telling me <laughs> that elsewhere in the world, people don't avoid conflict? Right. That's fascinating. <laughs> so, like, because I've always watched like MTV, like the 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 what is it, the Real World? Uh-huh. I've just been like, where do they find all these assholes? Because it's nothing but like conflict, 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 conflict. And I'm like, you have to search far and wide in order to like find, you know, what is it, seven people who are going to be such conflict ridden. No. No, because seriously, I mean, like if you cast that thing with a bunch of Utahns, it would be the most boring show of all time. Well, let me give you some numbers here. Utah or Weber State University LDS uh, average for avoidance eight point seven. That's amazing. Utah raised and LDS nine point one. Holy shit! It's the highest number on the whole damn chart. <laughs> So when people come to Utah and they're like, wow, everybody's so nice here. No, they're not nice. No. Because we know they're not nice. They're not nice. They're They're actually passive aggressive. They're super. They're like so passive aggressive. Like you couldn't make them get into a conflict with you. You could scream into their face and they would just turn around and walk away. And like later they would cry about it and say bad things about you. I will never think of Utahns the same way again. (laughs) I, that is remarkable. I'm surprised that this wasn't just uh, that this wasn't just. I mean, I and we I, knew they were passive aggressive. Right? Like if you asked me, I would yeah. have been like, "Oh yeah, they're they're pass- the Mormons are passive aggressive." But it's and but the thing is that this is for it to actually be substantiated. Yeah, like somebody oh, yeah. actually did some did some research. This is this is this is enumerated. This is data <laughs> data driven proof that Mormon Utah Mormons. Are the most passive aggressive people you'll ever meet. Oh. It makes them so impossible to deal with. This is, is why yeah. my in laws are such a yeah. are so hard to deal with. Because, because, well, you never know what they're really thinking. No, never. No, you say something to them, and they say something back to you that is not what they mean. Right, exactly. Because it of, and you know what it is. Half of it is this whole fucking 
in in the temple ceremony, people, when these people go through the temple, they are commanded to avoid contention. Oh, yeah. Contention is of the devil. Contention is of the you devil. You hear that all the time. I got news for you, Mormons. Contention is not of the devil. Yeah. Passive aggression is of the devil. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, well, because, like, you know, you want your... This was bred into... This was, like... This is this is the church, how the church operates, right? Like, you can't... You can't have your own ideas about how your local church unit is supposed to be operating. Right. Right. Like you just follow. Right. And so whenever anybody has like a different idea or has some, has their own opinion about some aspect of the church or church practice or something that's just cultural or whatever, it's like, it makes everybody feel icky. Right. And they'll say when, when like people start like disagreeing about something, Oh, brother, sister, you know, The, the contention is of the devil. Yeah, they'll make it very clear that oh, don't. so you have to push it down. Oh yeah, you have to learn how to avoid. It's amazing. I'm gonna it's I'm gonna amazing. read this this uh, this uh, uh, paragraph from from this article. Um, it says in my in its milder forms. This is the doctor who who wrote, or this is yeah the guy who wrote the, Michael J. Stevens who okay. wrote the thing. Um, it's uh, in its milder forms, passive aggression will manifest itself merely as polite and innocuous attempts to steer clear of uncomfortable topics or encounters with others. Right. However, in its more insidious forms, passive aggression can rise to a level of interpersonal hostility and contempt that embodies a whatever response to the views and opinions of others. Mm. In this way, the passive aggression label can be misleading. A more mm. accurate de- description would be passive hostility or passive contempt and i see that so fucking true yeah right yes oh my god mormons it it really what's funny is that you're having the response now that i had when i read it (laughs) which is like it's like putting words to something that you always knew but just didn't understand like you didn't have the words or, yeah. the, or or a means to yeah. understand it, but passive contempt is an amazing concept. Yes. Wow. So there you go. It, it's pass, I, I passive aggression that. is the least common response option to con- to uh, response option to conflict among the U.S. population at large. It's the least common response. Passive aggressive. Yeah. Is uncommon in in the U.S. at large. All I've had to do my entire adult life living in Utah is deal with passive aggressive people. I know. It's holy fuck. And anytime anybody's like mildly like opinionated, I bristle. You do. I, I to- I'm just like, oh, shut up. Well, I've seen you do it around me because I, I just blurt out whatever fucking things on my mind. And I've seen you like like if we're among other people like mixed company, you go. Ah. <laughs> They're going to passive contempt at us. <laughs> That's what it is. When you come to Utah, the great part about this is that if you don't care about the person you're dealing with, like if it's just a stranger, oh, you can get away this with is anything. Perfect, because you can get away with anything with yeah. these people. Yeah, they that, will just they will just get their buttholes really, really tight and walk away. So, if you want to see this in action, go to YouTube.com/slash/tgiatheist <laughs> oh, yes. and watch when Dan gets dressed up in a blue costume, in a blue jumpsuit, blue jumpsuit walks around during the mormons big event their general conference there's 20 some odd thousand mormons wandering around oh, there's more than that there's 30,000 there, i think there's hundreds of thousands there's 20,000 that can just fit into the damn building yeah but like 
There's, there's not hundreds of thousands. There's a lot. There's, anyway. there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, he's wandering around. It gets some looks. That's about it. But you have like this street preacher in part of the video standing there shouting horrible things to the Mormons, and you, they, nobody does anything. They, no, no, they just, they just, they just. It's just sad to them that that's happening. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. for those of you who don't know Mormon culture and and don't know Utah culture. You, this won't be the revelation for you that it was for us, but holy shit, for us it was just like, ah, oh, now we understand. Yeah. There and you hopefully go. the rest of you found it like mildly entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, 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 go try to, conf- go try to have some conflict with a Mormon. It's very fun. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a story um, from Kentucky. Kentucky. A, a group of Baptist churches. I believe they were all Baptist. Mm-hmm. Um, who have been who withheld seven million dollars from a, a children's home? Okay. Oh. To force the children's home to back off their new policy of allowing LGBT workers in the children's home. <laughs> okay. Because and the the reason that the this and it's a it's a religious group that runs this children's home sure right but they get 85 percent of their funding which ended up being uh whatever 85 percent of 27 million dollars would be whoa they, they get their that funding from the federal government sure which means they can't discriminate right based on sexual identity those poor bad they can't discriminate and so that's just... they were trying to protect the lion's share of their uh, of their budget, yeah. and uh, instead, this little group that was giving seven or uh, seven million dollars, um, which is by no means a, a little group, actually, no, um, got their way. Wow! The executive director um, of Sunrise Children's Services, a man by the name of Bill Smithwick, um, that's actually... a fake name. That is a fake name. <laughs> actually um resigned uh his position wow and now that they that the uh that sunrise has backed off the kentucky baptist convention um is now back on their side (laughs) and they have uh, started a rabid fundraising uh effort to get them all the money they need again and uh because it's now safe to donate so your money will not <laughs> potentially go to pay the salary of some LGBT individual who's working with these poor kids. Thank God. There's no queers helping out the children's. <laughs> God, because you know what? Uh, they might catch the gay. Yeah. You don't want your kids anywhere near those guys because uh, they'll, they'll catch the gay from them. Yeah. And nowhere in here did it actually say whether they had any gay people working for them. Which they probably it don't. It was a policy change. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, how much money did they give up on this? Just well, the the Sunrise was willing to 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 to, to say we don't we're, we can't accept your seven million dollars. No, no, no. They they were they were willing put that seven million dollars on the line oh my god but because then because of budgetary shortfalls and i mean an executive director their 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 job is to protect the budget yeah um the board probably also didn't agree with the executive director's stance who knows i don't have any of that information but just guessing um and uh yeah 
So that would be a problem for that executive director. Yeah. And that executive director obviously <laughs> felt the weight of, of his decision and had to leave. Oh, my God. It's remarkable, though. I mean, they were throwing some money. They were throwing their weight around using their money. Can't, can't we just uh, save the children to... from the gays? Well, it also just seems totally obnoxious <laughs> that because this, this group, this, this Sunrise group, yeah. Um apparently they like provide essential services in Kentucky. Like they are really picking up for like local government shortfalls of uh, of, of services being provided to children. And, is, and you know, and that's that's that is our system. That is yeah. we, we have we have established a system where government has backed off from providing certain services so that nonprofits and you know, fill that void. Well, and what's and, what's really happened is that but and it's a problem. The real problem is that what's happened is that all of this is now on the state level. Mm-hmm. And the most conservative states in our union are also coincidentally, or rather not coincidentally, the poorest states in our union. Right. Which is so weird because uh, the the conservative party politics doesn't serve the poor the right. way the way the but that's that's neither here nor there. But the uh, what it means is that. You know, the states with the least amount of state tax revenue mm-hmm. are the ones who are made to serve the mo- the, the largest number of, of poor people, and right. they just can't do it. Right. So you need that federal money right. coming in. Right. They need yeah. it. Yep. Anyway, there you go. Well, I've got another story about can- uh, Kentucky. Oh, we're yeah. a little Kentucky moment. Well, yeah, we're, and, and, and Baptists at that. We're just having a Kentucky Baptist time was, t- type of time. This was not coordinated. No, it was not. Here's the dealio. Uh, you, this will, you know, the the Kentucky Baptists they want members. They want people to come in and join the church and get themselves saved. Who doesn't? Everybody. Everybody wants more members. Well, they've come up with a good way of doing it. How is that, Dan? Well, you know how banks when they want you to come in, them they might offer you. you know, they might say, you know, free toaster or free calendar if you come in and start up a new account or free something yeah 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 i've never gotten anything like that <laughs> me neither but, but anyway I, that, I know that that happened i've heard that that happened yeah maybe that happened back in the There's 90s like or little, 80s or something little bowls of dum-dums sitting on the counter <laughs> at my bank anyway uh was so so the churches have started to offer so stuff oh? if, you, if you get saved by jesus i thought that that shouldn't that be incentive enough well, you'd think, but they they they've I, hit I on something they, very. But wait they've a second, right they've right, hit on right, something right. good here. They are offering. Wait, wait, wait. So yeah. what you're saying is what they've been offering, which is eternal salvation, eternal salvation, and avoidance of hell. Not good enough. That's not good enough. Not good enough. Okay. It's not going to get them all in there. So what is good enough? AR-15s. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Guns. <laughs> They are offering guns. <laughs> of course they are. Of course they are. They, wait, no, 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 no. Wait, how long do you have to? There are, I have so many questions. <laughs> They're calling it the uh, Second Amendment celebrations. <laughs> oh, what about that First Amendment? Can we get down to that one, though? Yeah, well, no. Can, can they offer? You know what could get me into the church? What? Is if they offered me some freedom of of religion <laughs> some separation of church and state separation of church and state yeah at least i'd go and talk to them yeah if they were offering that if, they, if that was what they were offering me yeah i uh, i don't know i i'll tell you what though 
the uh the, there is a little bit of controversy surrounding this idea of giving guns to people to join up with their church uh-huh. uh one pastor uh reverend joe phelps uh he's a pastor of louisville's uh independent highland baptist church said how ironic to use guns to lure men in to hear a message about Jesus, who said, put away the sword. Oh, yeah. He, didn't, he said nothing about guns, though. That's right. But is he that, also said, so, didn't he also say something about you have to have a sword? Yeah. So, yeah, there's something like that. So, you know, get your Jesus straight. Which Jesus do you like? I like the gun Jesus. Give yeah. me gun Jesus. I like the Jesus who would have walked into the temple with an AR-15. Yes. To cleanse it. That's exactly. That's not knocking over tables. Yeah. That's popping caps. That that's caps. That would be a true cleansing. Yeah. Yeah. That'd, you give if, because nobody's because the money changers when you just like knock over their tables, they're coming back tomorrow. The uh, right, right. If you kill them, <laughs> if you do a mass, yeah, you ma- murder those bastards. A massacre. They'll be uh. Then what do you got? Who who's 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 going to come money change tomorrow? Yeah. They so um. The uh, there's one guy said uh, that this was a bridge to unchurched men, so they will hear what we have to say. He's Rod- unchurched, yes, Roger Alford uh, of the Kentucky Baptist Convention's community. He's the Kentucky Baptist Convention's communication director. He said uh, uh, he he wrote an, an article titled "God, Guns, and Good Old Boys," and he he claimed he described this as outreach to rednecks. <sighs> If you can't go, if you only get lured into church with a gun, you might be a redneck. <laughs> oh, you know, may, they might have even more success if they had just used the guns and threatened people and made them go into the church. I go if someone yeah. if someone pointed a gun at me, I'd probably go into their church. Yeah, uh, yeah I, guess. I don't. They wouldn't yeah. make me believe it. But I'd sure say I believed it yeah. if I had an AR-14 pointed at me. Yeah, that's true. That's but if, true. if they're just offering it to me, actually, I might say I believed it, too, because those are valuable. And I might, and mind you, the, the AR-15s are not, are, are not the only guns. That was just one gun. I think it's more it's like gold level, yeah, exactly. platinum level. Exactly. You go you, six months. You gotta the longer pr- you go, you got to be baptized, you go. and you gotta, you got to become a pastor. You, yeah. If you, oh. want, if you want the AR-15. Otherwise, you get, you know. Hey, you guys got any thirty thirties? What do you got? <laughs> well, there's a little, little twenty two. What's that? Twenty two? I ain't going to church for no twenty two. Lee, give me a shotgun. I can sh- kill a duck. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, all right. Well, there you go. If you uh, if you want to join a church uh, and you and tell us about it, you can do so. You can write to us at podcast at thankgodimatheist dot com. Or you could leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. Or you can, uh, you can go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, where all of these stories and many more will appear for your viewing pleasure. Delightfully so. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Um, it's, it's our patty break. It's, it's, really, it's a patty break. It's a patty break. And uh, here he is. He's opining about uh, horror films and the, oh, the oh, things yeah. that can happen to you, to you, because if, of watching a horror. You film. Submit to the horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is Michelle, who says I was watching a horror movie the other day on the recommendation of others. It was rather strange and awfully macabre. And then this past Sunday, I got into an accident leaving church. 
Did watching that creepy movie cause a curse or the Lord's protection to be lifted from me? Did I grieve the Holy Spirit by watching this series? Um, a few years ago, I heard about a teenage girl who was demon-possessed. Hmm. And people began to deal with the demon and try to cast it out. And you know what the demon said? I had permission. And the permission was granted when this child had gone to some double X-rated movie or whatever it was and had allowed this thing to come into her. I know this sounds kind of otherworldly, but that's the way it is. So could it have happened to you? Yes. I don't think it did, but it could have. But this thing may be living around you, and what you need to do again is speak it, command this thing to leave, and ask God to forgive you. Uh, I, I know that's that's weird, but uh, these things can happen. And uh, I, I think some of these producers, uh, who knows what influences are into them, but some of these, these movies are, you said macabre, it's a good word for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just think in the name of Jesus, declare your victory and keep going on. I don't think that you've been demon-possessed. I don't think anything has happened to you. Nevertheless, declare victory and plead the blood of Jesus Christ over your life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Declaring victory. Yeah. I'm going to do that in all of my all aspects of my life. Yeah. I'm just you know, if I get into a car accident and it, the other guy's saying it's my fault, I will say, "I declare victory in Jesus name." Yeah, you should. And that's mm -hmm. what he wants. That's what he wants you to do. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. I uh, I I that is a tragic story about that kid that went and watched the double x-rated movie uh, well what there is a problem in this country the child who went and watched the double x-rated movie and got possessed where, by a demon where is our society going it's a it's a tragedy children in double x well at least it wasn't a triple x R right it was only a double only x. double x is well, that even a thing does that even exist Maybe it yeah. did. Maybe it did fifty years ago when that, Pat that Robertson was, was aware of anything. Kind. Right, exactly. <laughs> Can I just say something about Pat Robertson? I believe I've said this before, but I, it bears repeating. His name is not Patrick or what Patty. Is what is it? Marion Gordon Robertson is Pat uh, standard it, short for uh, Marion. I think it's a nickname for. I, I think it's a description of what he used to do to young ladies. Oh. I don't know. No, I, I, Pat is... other standard nicknames. What's the standard nickname for Marion? <laughs> uh, Mary. Mary? We should call him Mary. <laughs> Mary Robertson. Pat does sound better than Marion Robertson. Well, you know who else was named Marion who had to change it? Who? John Wayne. Oh, that's right. Marion Morrison. Oh. Apparently, hmm. if you're named Marion, you will become famous, but you will not get to keep your name. <laughs> I mean, if you're a woman. You might be able to. Marion. Aren't there Marions that are women? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so uh, we have some emails. And, yes, we do. And some e-females. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke. Um, we got one from Gustavo, who's a, a listener in in uh, South America. Oh. And, uh, and wanted to say this. He said, um, I'd... I'm excerpting here. I I don't know if the crew uh, of Thank God I'm Atheist uh, just focus on the atheist elements only in America, or if you like to talk about atheist problems that happen all around the globe. Mm, we do. We, yeah. Um. You. Um. 
but I'm writing you in the hopes of that you will listen to what I have to say. In the last month, something has begun uh, that began as Christian as a Christian tendency has become a movement against atheists for all those Spanish-speaking atheists or all those who live in a Hispanic country. Really? Uh, he mentions a YouTube channel that has some some stuff. I checked it out. It's in Spanish, so I didn't know what it was saying. Uh, but he said it's dedicated uh, to show videos that diminish, underestimate, defame, denigrate, and discredit all free-thinking Latin Americans. Oh. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Gustavo, this, this kind of shit's happening all around the world, but I mean, in the more, in the more religious areas, you're going to have to expect to see it more, unfortunately. Um, but I, yeah, but thank you for, thank you for calling our attention to it. Um, you know, and, and fight the good fight, you know, and I, but I think fight the good fight doesn't mean attack. From from my money, the best thing that we as atheists can do is a speak out when we see someone saying something that's bullshit. Right. But b do it in a way that's friendly. Do it in a way that's like, oh, you know what though? I know a lot of atheists who are great people and they do really good things. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can be a little bit more sensitive when you when you talk about it. Right. Just saying that when someone says something bullshit. Is gonna do is gonna make a world of difference in the world, and the more of us that 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 stand up for ourselves and don't get passive aggressive like the Mormons, the better off we'll all be. Indeed. <laughs> there you go. What do you got? You got a, You've got an email, don't I have you? An email um, from Sarah. Sarah's an old friend, actually. Oh. Um. And she says, "Hi, Frank and Dan. Just a couple of random thoughts. Um. One. I, I love this. It turns out uh, that uh." Sarah saw Ken Ham as a kid um, <laughs> at, a, at a creation science conference. Um, she says one of the, his big things was presenting the evidence, including Loch Ness, that dinosaurs still exist. Ergo, they survived the flood. And oh. so the Bible is true. Loch Ness. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. That is proof positive minus the proof. Minus... Or a the Loch Ness monster, right, right, right. You know, as like, soon as we get, as soon as we capture Nessie, yeah, we'll know. Yeah. Ugh, anyways, what I wonder, what, had, I wonder what the chupacabra uh, is proof of, oh, yeah. or or, or uh, Bigfoot, Bigfoot, yeah, that guy, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, that guy's proof of something. Yeah, did you like my Bigfoot gesture? <laughs> he, he had a <laughs> Frank did a very lovely uh, sort of walkie thing. <laughs> Because good, Frank, he walks. Yeah, he does that's, walk. That's, that's what the he does. picture of him out in the woods. I was kind of doing the lumbering like <laughs> thing. Uh, anyways, um, let's see. Um, oh, she brings up this uh, interesting point um, also that um, sort, sort of bringing up the fact like how creeped out I get about Mormon temple stuff. Right. Right. And like and how like we've received a lot of feed and you get creeped out by it, too. But we've gotten a lot of this like feedback from like member or listeners who who were not members of the LDS Church who have really not a lot of exposure right uh, to the to to the Mormons and they don't really find it all that creepy right the, they're, we, just, we, they're just like well okay it's just people with weird hats and stuff oh, yeah because at one point we mentioned creepy. the video that 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 Mike took yeah. of of inside of the the actual ceremonies right. and and people watched them and were like well that was just long and boring and right. it wasn't really exactly a big deal and uh and she says that she has a similar experience 
Um, but she grew up born again. Uh huh. And she, she sort of has, when she sees, uh, some, some of that stuff, it creeps her out. In the born same again way. stuff. Like, born like, again like, stuff. like, like the talking in tongues, right? Yeah. Specifically, think, isn't exactly, that what she's talking yeah, about? Uh, people praying in tongues and, and, and the like. Right. Cause we said. just think it's funny and weird. Right. But she gets all, she's like, Oh God. Oh. You know, like, so, I mean, that's an interesting thing. You get creeped out by the thing that you're exposed to. And, right. Right. And you keep seeing it, even though you're out of it. And then uh, she says also, uh, she says uh, her third point was uh, quite a few weeks ago, someone uh, asked about relationships with believers, specifically how to deal with people you love and respect, yet believe things so illogical, even silly. I've been pondering that question a lot lately, and one thing that helps me is the notion of personality as fate. Uh, I feel, of course, that people have some control over their destinies, although maybe less than we like to believe. Mm. But I also think that we are, that who we are is relatively hardwired. So if someone is prone to belief, it's just part of their evolutionary makeup and genetic destiny, like cancer, she says. Hmm. Um, I'd be interested to know what you think on that topic, as well as other TGI listeners. Well, I think that that's a, a valid point. I think a lot of people yeah. are very predisposed toward belief. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are predisposed toward like subversive belief, meaning, <clears throat> you know, there are people who are predisposed toward uh, toward not accepting what authority gives them, and that's who, that's where you get, you know, like the the truthers and the, the mm-hmm. you know the the nine eleven conspiracy theorists right. and stuff who will not hear anything but what you know once once they get a conspiracy sort of in their mind oh yeah they won't hear anything else and well everything that disproves it clearly must be part of the conspiracy right. right it just further proves it yeah it's it's a very interesting thing and i think but add to that sarah if if you if you want my opinion not only is it that add to that the social the social element of it i mean mm. if you want to talk about predisposed talk about being socialized since you were yeah. born and that's where i into something to take it was i'm not so sure that it's i don't know how far the genetic thing would, sure. would take it but um but i would definitely think that experiences in early childhood and mm-hmm. and whatnot would make you be more you know predisposed to whatever absolutely you know believing or needing conspiracies to be true or whatever yeah yeah it'll happen so uh thanks for that sarah um uh, we also got a, a a really interesting one from Donna. We, when I first opened it, I was like, "Oh, this is too long. We can't read the whole thing." But it, it's so good. She, Donna went to Mardi Gras oh. in New Orleans. Okay, uh, and uh, she wanted to tell us about her the religious experience of that, which is interesting because you know Mardi Gras comes out of a religious tradition. It's mm-hmm. sort of the the bacchanalia that precedes Lent. It's mm-hmm. it's it's the crazy. You know, let's. Get all the evil out of our system right. before we have to all be really, really, really good for 40 days. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so she says, but she says on Lundi Gras, which is the Monday before the Tuesday, mm-hmm. the, day, the day before Mardi Gras, mm-hmm. we were walking up Canal Street towards Bourbon Street when I saw, uh, when I first saw the young Christians. They were lined up on the side of the walkway in pairs asking people if they wanted a prayer. The pairs were usually a girl and a guy in their early 20s. Then we turned on to Bourbon Street, and there was at least a hundred pairs of kids inadvertently blocking the way with their prayers. We passed them kindly. Uh, we passed them kindly, turning them down for their services, and kept on walking down the street. Then a few blocks down, more Christians. 
these were the these were the ones that hold the big crosses with the signs saying D- Jesus doesn't judge and so on. These guys were much older and had a microphone which they used to yell craziness at the crowds. We then left Bourbon Street and walked towards the Mississippi River, where we came across at least 200 people participating in an outdoor makeshift church service. Watch. Then, on the actual Mardi Gras night, we came across the same young Christians, but there was a new group that blew everyone else out of the water. It was composed of at least 300 mostly white men. They were all wearing red. There were four lines of men walking while the, the while while they held on on the on the shoulders of the men in front oh, while they held the shoulders of the men in front of them. They walked slowly down the length of Bourbon Street while the men in the front held a huge, huge wooden cross. They didn't yell or spew any of their beliefs, but their presence was the worst, mainly because they just they they took so mainly because they took up so much of an already super busy street. Normal Mardi Gras visitors were cordial with the other Christians, but not with the red men. Mm. Beads were thrown with force. Words were said. It turned ugly, but the men kept walking. (sighs) Wow. I just think that's... Brave souls. It's so interesting that, like... I mean, I actually think that that's part... That's an interesting element of the pageantry of, of Mardi Gras. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the whole... Like, to have all these guys walking slowly down the street... It's the yin and the yang yes, of Mardi Gras. Indeed. You need both. Or, well... <laughs> do you, though? <laughs> you, maybe you do. I don't know. I would be. I would feel more comfortable with these guys, these guys in red if they just at least show their boobies every now and then. Hmm. Get some beads. Mm-hmm. You know, just participate. They're not, they're not going to. They're not going to. They're not going to, Dan. Well, thanks. That, that's interesting, though. <laughs> People thanks do. for making us aware of that, Donna. Because yeah. this, this was a subsection of... Of it that I've never heard about. Mm-hmm. You always hear about the drunkenness and the everybody dancing and the parade and the beads and the boobs and the the drunkenness and the drunkenness and the drunkenness. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you never hear about uh, about all the Christians wanting to pray with you. Yeah, no. would, would you would you ever would you let them pray just just for shits and giggles? No. It's one of those things where I would be tempted to be like, okay, let's pray, and I. They'd start talking, and then I'd just interrupt with, and please let the Saints win the next Super Bowl, and please uh, They'd let... probably be happy with you praying about whatever. You'd right, have to take but... it to a really inappropriate place. Which is what I would end up doing. You know me. I'd probably... I, I'd eventually... I'd start it off easy, like just silly, stupid things, and then get into, like, the crazy stuff. Right. And please let Lord Satan come out and play... I don't know. Anyway, well, that was, that was fascinating, Donna. Appreciate all of you guys writing in. Um, Frank? Yes? You and I have done something wrong. What did we do? I don't know, but we've done something horribly, horribly wrong. What's because wrong? Because we don't have any donors to thank this week. Ugh. I don't know what we've done to offend you guys. I'm so sorry. I take mm. it as a sign of personal failure on our part, mm. but nobody knew decided that we were worth donating to this year Mm. this week so if anybody would like to uh, rectify that and Mm. uh and and give to our podcast that we may continue on on our journey uh you can do so by going to thankgodimatheist.com and clicking on the uh this little support button Mm. and and then frank won't feel quite so sad Mm. because now he's making sounds like uh 
the the oldest daughter on on Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Stop it, Frank! You're freaking everybody out. <laughs> Should we move on? Okay. <laughs> um. Uh. So we uh we we got in touch with and and caught up with Dave Moscato. Yes. Uh, PR director, as we said, for American Atheists. That's uh-huh. the organization that's putting on the big conference, the big do here in town in next month. Yeah. Uh, we caught up with them because uh, they did a little bit of an interesting thing, and we wanted to hear more about it. They, they, they did something unexpected, or yeah. at least I didn't expect it. Yeah, so why don't we just get right to it? Let's do it. Well, we're here with Dave Moscato, who is... Uh, what are you, PR director of, of American yeah, Atheists? Yeah, public relations director, that's right. Okay, oh, cool. cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Dave. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the invitation. Yeah. We uh, we asked you on because I, you and I are Facebook friends, and I I noticed that uh, there has been there was a bit of a kerfuffle when you, uh, when, when, when American Atheists uh, decided to uh, get a table at CPAC. Is yes. That, uh, Talk, That's right. Talk to uh, us the, about that. Uh, it's the, the the CPAC is the Conservative Political Action Conference. If if your listeners aren't familiar, right. it's uh, the largest annual uh, conservative convention in the in the country. Mm. Uh, about ten thousand people go to this every year, and uh, speakers are people like um, Sarah Palin and uh, Michelle Bachman and Donald Trump and Chris Christie uh, got some Paul, words in you know, edgewise there. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Rush Limbaugh has spoken there before. <laughs> Sean Hannity has spoken there before. So, yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing that we're talking about. And uh, well, who yeah, wouldn't so want to go was, to that? That's yeah, exciting. Exactly, right? <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, actually, um, we we actually registered uh, and paid for our table last year. Uh, this was, you know, several months ago, and um, we uh, we made an announcement more recently. Um, a few weeks ago, even less than that, actually, that we were going to set up a booth at this, um, and uh, we had, you know, ordered all of our materials as far as a big uh, booth uh, background, you know, backdrop mm. type of thing, sure. and, and uh, all of this, and uh, had flyers made up, and a few, we made a big uh, press announcement that said, you know, uh, I, I think the title of it was uh, "Going into the Lion's Den" or something like <laughs> oh that. Oh my God! About about. Uh, yeah, about our intention to go there and, and why we were going and so on. And within hours, uh, we got a call from Dan Snyder, who is the uh, executive director of the ACU, which is the organization that puts on CPAC every year, uh, basically just saying, uh, we made a mistake and you're not invited. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Like, so uh, the, the reason uh, – he didn't use the word mistake. The reason that he gave – uh, or the reason that the ACU gave through their spokesperson, um, Megan Schneider, was uh, that we misrepresented our intentions as far as our willingness to have a positive dialogue. Uh, what? Which is total bull. I, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's absolutely false. Uh, it's my speculation that they were looking for a reason to get rid of us because they had a lot of internal pressure, my understanding is, from their board of directors. Sure. After... The religious right freaked out um, on Twitter wow. at first and then on the blogs after we announced that we were going. Uh, they were accused of, you know, of, I can't remember who it was. Somebody said, uh, you're going to have to drop the C from CPAC, you know, the Stanford <laughs> Conservative, if you let them in. And, um, yeah. Like um, there's never been a conservative but, atheist. I mean. 
Right, it's, exactly. It's and I mean, yeah, I mean, at least I don't know exact numbers, but a lot of libertarians are atheists. Yeah. You know, they, they generally side on conservatism. And Rand was, uh, exactly. was an atheist. That's the first thing I thought of, actually. Time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and and actually, it's even more than I think people tend to think. Part of the reason that we're going to this, we, I mean, it's it's no secret. You know, atheists are generally thought of as as liberal, progressive people. We usually vote Democrat, um, but we don't exclusively do that. Sure. And uh, and the, the interesting thing that I actually didn't know until we started looking into this. I mean, we. We go to um, Creating Change. We go to Netroots Nation. We go to a lot of progressive conferences, uh, sure. national organization you know, uh, for women. Um, uh, but this one, uh, even our own members were a lot of cases shocked that we decided to do this, and they, they were in some cases upset that we were associating with these people. Wait, you but got blowback the, from other atheists about going to this conference? Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, just I, I think a lot of people just thought that uh, that we were associating with uh, anti-choice people, uh, anti-LGBTQ equality people. Sure. And the interesting thing, though, is that uh, the point that we're making is that there really are two different camps in conservatism. And I would call one of the camps not even really conservative at all. Let me explain what I mean by that. So we have the fiscal conservatives. These are the people who what I would think of as actual conservatism. These are the values like um, small government, low taxes, uh, individual liberties, uh, personal responsibility, um, sure. gun rights, you know, all, all mm, those basic mm -hmm. things. Nothing to do with religion. These are all just uh, the, the role of government as right. far as mm -hmm. what they're supposed to do. And then we have what are called the social conservatives. These are the people who are anti-gay rights, anti-abortion. Uh, these are the people trying to put creationism in science classes. These are the people trying to put prayer in council meetings, Ten Commandments monuments in front of government buildings and so on. That is, that, those are all religious things. That's right. not anything to do with politics. That is theocracy. That is trying to use the government to insert your religion into ruling everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the, our argument is uh, – and, and this is actually a new thing. That wasn't really part of conservatism until 1981 when Reagan came into office and uh, the religious right started to rise up as you know, capital R, capital R, religious right, um, started to become kind of conflated with conservatism. Right. They, they kind of became married to each other like that. It wasn't always that way. Sure. So our point – is that they don't they don't have to be married like that and in fact it hurts conservatism to think of it as inseparable from this fundamentalist christian religious right aspect that is not all conservatives it's just a, some vocal part of conservatism that the rest of the country has now thinking of as conservatives and that's the blow that we saw from our side when they said hey you're you know you're getting in bed with these these anti-gay, you know, anti-abortion people are like, no, that's, that's a fringe aspect of conservatism that we think should not be part of conservatism. Right. Well, so, I mean, I think part yeah, of the so, deal, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, these guys, the, everyone who said on their side that said that, you know, they'd have to take the C off of CPAC, I think what they're really admitting to is that C doesn't stand for conservative. That C stands for mm -hmm. Christian. 
Yes, exactly, <laughs> and that's our that's exactly our point. Actually, on the flyers that we have made up, uh, the, the, we have the question right there at the top: Why are we here? And it says because conservatism does not equal Christianity. Right. And I think right. And people just I, that's a difficult thing for a lot of people on the right to grasp. Oh. And uh, and that was the point we wanted to make. Something interesting that I I didn't really know until we started looking into preparing for this conference. Uh-huh. Uh, so there are about 60 million Americans who are not religious, and half of those people, 30 million of of them, want a smaller government. They lean conservative. But really? only only 10 million of those 60 million actually vote conservative as far as like voting, you know, generally for the Republicans or libertarians. And the other 20 million don't. The other 20 million either vote for independents or they vote Democrat, which is weird because they want smaller government. Right. But the reason they do it, the reason they vote that way is because they are driven away from the Republican Party by these social conservative politics that exactly. are mixed in with actual conservatism. So our message was that you guys are losing 20 million potential voters by <laughs> like driving them away by mixing religion and government, which you're not supposed to be doing in the first place because of the First Amendment. Uh, right. Um, yeah, and interestingly, uh, among conservatives, uh, about a quarter of them seldom or never pray, and about a fifth of them say that religion is not important in their lives. They're not religious people. Huh. I, I mean, it's it, it, the people think of conservatives as you know just religious or fundamentally religious, but that's just not true. Because we were talking, <laughs> you know, about libertarians and so on, but it's not even exclusively libertarians. And well, uh, so, as far as um, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I mean, I get I get the the numbers. I get how that plays out, but that's mm-hmm. not how things are going to play out when you actually go to CPAC. Those those you, those millions of people. You, Clear, they can't be the ones that are actually paying the dues and going into CPAC, can they? Yeah, I I wouldn't say in my experience of being there for a day and a half that the uh, the majority of them that it was a a, a, a good representation of the whole population. <laughs> so tell us some <laughs> stories about right like who did you encounter um, at CPAC? Who did you meet? So, like uh, we actually surprisingly did not meet. A bunch of really fundamentalist, off-the-wall religious people, which is what I thought we would see. Mm. Uh, that's that's not what's there. It's a lot of uh, young people, for one thing. It's a lot of people who are there for the social networking of just meeting other people interested in politics. It's a lot of people there for uh, to build business relationships. Um, and then, I mean, there you know, it is a lot of conservative religious people too, but there really didn't seem to be that much uh, push for religion as, as I thought there was going to be. Huh. There was, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people were wearing crosses and stuff like that, but there were a lot of people wearing American flag pins, too, without pushing anything else. Sure. And uh, we ran into a lot of atheists, way, way more atheists than I ever would have thought. I thought that uh, actually our, our original intention with our booth, we designed it so that the website was really big, uh, on the backdrop, with the idea being that people would not feel comfortable coming up to talk to us. Right. And this way, at least they could get the website and they could look at it later in private. That's not what happened. People came up to talk to us. They took our flyers. They wanted to know why we were there. And most people, even Christians, said that it was right that we were there, that we had the right to be, that they agreed with our purpose, and that they thought it was wrong for CPAC to kick us out. So were, were you guys just standing in the halls with holding a bunch of flyers? 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we weren't we weren't allowed to have our booth. We actually have a picture of Dave. I mean, the booth was just empty. People put the you know put other stuff on the table. So we got a picture of Dave sitting at it empty. But uh, yeah, we. I mean, it's it's open to the public. You you know you have to buy a ticket. But we went on the web and we bought the general admission tickets and we went and just stood there uh, in front of the you know the main hall and handed out these flyers that we made. And uh, a lot of people were very very interested in talking to us. Um, uh, the media too, but just the people there. I think Dave did. Uh, I stopped counting at 14 interviews for, with national media, wow. and I did a couple also. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I, th- this is a big story that there there is a, a contingent of atheists within the conservative constituency, and uh, it's something that I think they've been ignoring for a long time, and it's to their detriment to ignore this. Yeah, um, because there's a lot of them, and it's just growing. That's a. I'm fascinated by this whole thing. And now you said that you you met a lot of atheists there. Did they just mm-hmm. come out and tell you, "Hey, I'm atheist too"? Or I mean, how how do you yeah. find that out? Yeah, I would I would say in my estimation, about fifty people did that. Um, really? Now remember, there's ten thousand people there, so it's you know. But out of the people that we talked to, handing out somewhere around five or six hundred flyers. I had I would guess about 50 people tell us that they're atheists and you know then they took a flyer and so on, um, but we also hmm. had people who uh, who were not ready to call themselves atheists but were interested in what we were doing and were asking us right. questions about it and about American atheists and so on. Um, we had one woman who uh, and and this is this is I think more of what might be going on you know behind the scenes in general with this sort of thing. Uh, she, I, she, I tried to give her a flyer. She was walking by. She was with a group of her friends, and she refused it. And then later, she came back by herself and wanted one. Oh. She just didn't want to take it in front of her friends. Um, huh. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think, that, I mean, we see that with atheism all the time that people are interested in it, but they can't for social reasons. Sure. Uh, you know, talk about it. But um, sure, yeah, we, we get I, that I a lot we too were, with we people not well being received. able to like our Facebook page or whatever. We get people, <laughs> yeah, unable to. Mm-hmm. Uh, not feeling comfortable uh, yeah. outing themselves. Yeah, with their family members, right? It's just seeing it, or yeah, I totally understand. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean that—that's the—it's the same thing with us. And and um, I, I I totally get where you're coming from. It's it's sad that people feel like they can't be honest uh, with the people around them because of of those types of discriminatory pressures. And that's why we do what we do is to get rid of that stigma. Exactly. Well, that did you have fun? When you were at CPAC? It was, it was surprisingly fun. People were very <laughs> nice to us. Uh, we only had uh, two, and they, I wouldn't even call them incidents. We had two uh, events, I guess, um, where people tried to preach to us. Um. And um, it, it was very minor, and as soon as we said, you know, not interested, it's not going to happen, <laughs> I mean, you know, then they backed off. Um, you know, one person uh, tried to give us a, a – she had written on a napkin some verses or something like that. Oh, that's so uh, helpful. But, I mean, uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I know. It's like, thanks. But, uh, but, but most people, with the exception of those two, did not treat us that way. They knew what we were, and they knew hmm. – or they were interested in why we were there, and they weren't upset about it. Well, for one thing, they see both you and Dave on uh, on their favorite TV channel all the time. So, yeah, <laughs> I think that that probably helped. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I think that's a step. I mean, this is part of what we're, of what what we're saying as far as the growth of non-religious people in this country. I mean, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, you never would have seen an atheist on there except. 
as a token, like, you know, oh, we've got an atheist and that's the big story. Right. But just starting uh, last year, they have this weekly faith panel, as you mentioned on, on Fox News, um, with uh, a rabbi and a Catholic representative and Dave representing atheists right. that discuss just general religious current events. Which always and sounds like a setup to a week. joke, actually, to me. Right, yeah, a, a Catholic, <laughs> a, yeah, right, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they, it's not, they don't talk about the fact that he's an atheist. They talk about current events having to do with religion, and he gives the atheist perspective, right. which I think is it's a huge step up for atheist visibility, the fact that they're doing this every week. It's something we hmm. never would have seen just a couple of years ago. Um, and they're, they're really starting to recognize that you know uh, millions and millions of people in this country are, are atheists, and ignoring them is not a smart move if you are trying to get elected or if you're trying to um, be a, a profitable television station or anything like <laughs> that. Indeed. Well, uh, that all sounds – I'm just fascinated by CPAC. I, I want to come out with you next year. Can I come out? Yeah. yeah you're certainly welcome to. That would be great. Um, we're we're going to try for a booth again next year. I don't think we're going to get it. Um, I know that Dave had a chat with uh, the – I think it was actually the president of the board who made it crystal clear to him that he was not going to allow us to have a booth. That's my <laughs> understanding. Um, well, but the but... interesting thing, though, is that – uh, from from what I understand, talking to people, there is a big disconnect between the older, uh, more rigid, religious conservative people putting on the conference and the people who attend the conference. Right. The people who attend the conference, and, and I heard this more than once, are waiting for them to die <laughs> so that they can get some wow. reasonable people running this conference um, as far as just, you know, who aren't who aren't trying to push – this extremely fundamentalist religious version of conservatism onto conservative politics. Well, I find it fascinating, and I mean it. I really, I think it would be super mm -hmm. fun to come out and uh, and just see what it's all about with you guys. So next year, yeah, please come. It'll be great. And if we're if we're not allowed to have a booth, we're just going to do exactly what we did this year, which is just buy some general admission tickets and and stand out front, um, you know, in, inside, but stand out in the hallway and uh, and hand them out. Perfect. Well, before I come to you, you're coming to me. Yes, that's right. In Salt Lake City uh, on Easter weekend, April 17th through 20th, we have our uh, – this will be our 40th ever national convention, 51st anniversary. Um, we haven't been to Salt Lake in, in a long time. Since 1981 <laughs> was our last time there, and obviously the, the landscape of American religion has changed drastically in the last 30 years. You think? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, we've – I, I'm I'm really excited about this. I've actually never been to Salt Lake City. I've been to Utah before, but uh, I think there's a real. I mean, we we tend to say when people ask us how we choose where to go for our conventions, we say we go where we need it. We go where people want us to be, and there's so much oppression as far as. And I mean, it's it's funny because the Mormon church has this image of being these clean cut nice people, and they are. But at the same time, they have this hold. On, on the local people there, where you're not allowed to say certain things and you're not allowed to go certain places or do certain things unless you're a Mormon, <laughs> and it's just—I mean—it's assumed that you're a Mormon, and it's—it's it's very uncomfortable for people uh, who aren't Mormons as far as if you're trying to get a job or if you're trying to go to school. We've heard 
from many, many people who say that, you know, they're an atheist, but they would never tell their parents that because they would get kicked out of the house or kicked mm -hmm. out of college. And, uh, you know, people who are interested in coming to our, our conference, but they're, you know, they need to make up some excuse for why they're gone Easter weekend sure. so that they can come because their parents would freak out. It's just yeah. it's such a disconnect well, between that. Yeah. We have a, a comic con that weekend, I believe. <laughs> so, yeah. well, you know, it'd be a good excuse if someone I'll, was. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, uh, I'm, I will be, uh, theoretically expected at my uh at my in-laws place for easter and i'm gonna have to mm -hmm. i'm not gonna I, i'm not gonna make oh. any excuses i'm just gonna tell them i'm gonna be at this conference and we'll let the chip they're 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 very staunch mormons so the, those <laughs> chips will fall where they may <laughs> and that'll be okay but yeah we're definitely gonna be there frank and i are gonna be there mm -hmm. uh we'll we'll, we'll probably do some interviews from from there absolutely maybe we'll yeah, we'd, we'd love to set those up for you um yeah our our keynote uh chris cluey this is actually kind of i don't i don't want to get all, all all into this right this second but um you know he was uh allegedly kicked off of the vikings team uh, because of his outspokenness toward LGBTQ equality and yeah. uh, marriage equality. And then all of this happened in Utah, the 17 days of, of freedom. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it it just, uh, I, I think it's, we're, we were really lucky to get him as our keynote, and I'm really excited that he's going to be speaking. Yeah, cool. speaking of speakers, who else can people expect to hear if they come to the convention? Oh, we got, we've got a ton of people. Okay, so don't give me all uh, of them. Just give me just okay, give me your, your sure. top your top five or something. Uh, Denise Denise Stapley is the winner of Survivor Philippines. Mark White is the bass guitarist of the Spin Doctors. David Morrison is uh, the head of SETI. Uh, he used to work for NASA. Um, and let's see, uh, David A. Silverman, not our president, David Silverman, who will also be there, but uh, the uh, director, David Silverman, Academy Award nominated. Uh, director of Monsters, Inc., and The Simpsons Movie. Um, oh, great. Uh, Matt yeah. Dillahunty, Greta Christina, PZ Myers, um, uh, just a, a ton of people. It's going to be amazing. Awesome, um, awesome. Plus, we have workshops and an, an art show. We have a comedy. Um, we have uh, – I mean, just the list just goes on. If you go to atheists.org on that website, uh, there's a link to the convention page and has all the information Perfect. Cool. Well, I'm I'm sure that our listeners were, are excited. We'll have a lot of a lot of our people out there uh, stopping by. Uh, so when you come out here, I'm buying the first beer. Let us know, okay. and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll hook up. We'll uh, we'll chat with you when you get here. Sounds wonderful. Yeah. Thanks. I really, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for coming on the show, Dave. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks right. a lot. Bye, bye bye. Okay. Take care. Well, thanks, Dave. That. Again for coming on. That yeah, was that thank was you great. very much. And uh we'll uh we'll have him back on the show, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, for for other We need to. He has many things to talk about. They're yeah. they're doing things over at that American Atheists yeah. group. Uh yeah. so thanks again for that. And thank you all for listening. Uh if you have any comments, questions, uh things you want to say to us or about us or through us. You can write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. Yeah, get your voice on the show. Let us hear you. That'd be good. Or you can uh, you can even engage with us on the Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash TGIatheist. And, and big thanks to Mackenzie mm -hmm. uh, for uh, making sure that that... that runs so well she does a fantastic job yeah thank you very much mckenzie 
And uh, of course, we like to thank the Red Rock Hot Club for letting us use their music for the opening and closing of the show. Mm-hmm. And, and at other times as well. They're just so generous. <laughs> they so. are. And again, if you want to uh, donate to the podcast, you can go to thankgodimatheist.com, click on the support button. Um, and also, I did want to mention, I've got a new goal for our show. Oh, what's that? Our yeah. goal, my goal is to get us... Uh, you know, right? We've we've got quite a few ratings on the iTunes. Yeah. Um, uh, in America, we've got 347 people have rated us. 224 people have reviewed us. Yeah. I want to get up to 500 ratings. Wow. That is my new goal. Okay. So if you are listening to us through iTunes, um, it would be a big help to us, a yeah. huge help to us, if you would just give us a rating. And uh, and if you want to leave a review, that's uh-huh. always actually really great. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate that. And uh, by the way, on iTunes, it would also help us if you listen on iTunes. Click su- subscribe. Oh yeah. Don't don't just listen one by one. Click subscribe. It helps us out. Makes our uh, makes our show show up better on their algorithm and all sorts of things. So. All right. And then also um, over at Stitcher, mm. we happen to currently have a five star rating. Oh. However, only one person has rated us. <laughs> At Stitcher. <laughs> We've never really pushed for anybody at Stitcher to no. like go and rate us. So that five stars is is in pe- dangerous. It's in a it's a, oh, yeah. a perilous situation because one, somebody one can come star. along and really disrupt that. Right. So um so, if if you do happen to listen to us on Stitcher, which is very possible, we have sure. we have a lot of Stitcher listeners, um please uh go and uh and, and give us a give us a star rating. As a matter of fact, on whatever venue you listen to us on, there's a good chance that you can rate us and that you can subscribe to us. And we we greatly appreciate both. Yes. Indeed. Alright, thanks for listening everybody. We really appreciate you showing up and we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>